welcome to my Brad Tuttle Ministries podcast, and I am so glad you decided to join me today. Well, this is going to be another podcast directed straight towards men. This is my second one. Uh, my first one was titled True Men Needed, and we are going to talk to men of God around the world about something that is very significant, and that is the topic of integrity. So we're going to title it simply Men of Integrity. What a what a what an aspect of life that the men who call themselves men of God today need to be living in. That is integrity. You know, I learned this about uh, from a from a builder. He said contractors and engineers refer to the integrity of steel. There are times when you can have two pieces of steel that both look great on the outside. There's no apparent difference between them, but one of them, when it is put under stress, may not support the weight. The reason the other piece of steel does hold up under stress is because it has integrity. Wow. Proverbs 22.1 says, A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. You know, the church, the kingdom of God needs men who are fully functionally working for the kingdom, effectively, in the power of the Spirit, doing the things that God has called them to do. We've had so many men taken out of the game because they have not lived and walked in their life with Christ as men of integrity. And it has literally taken them out of the game. You can't be a proper uh, soul winner witnessing to people. You can't uh, move in the power of, of the Spirit and operate within the kingdom in a, in a fully effective way if you're living as a man who has no integrity. Integrity in Hebrew is used 30 times, and it means this, completeness, no duality between what you say and what you do. In other words, integrity is a unity between what you say and what you do. So the opposite of integrity would be hypocrisy. Integrity is not only the way one thinks, but it is the way one acts. Integrity is not wearing a cross around your neck, then coming to a church, acting like a Christian, and then going and then going home and being a mean husband with a filthy mouth. And I have been in the church game for decades now, have been saved when I was 27, and it's 30-some years now or more, and um, I have worked in the church, I've pastored a church, I've been on staff at a church, I've just been in the church. And I have seen so many men who will tell me, yeah, I go to this church or I go to that church. And then you get around them for a while and they sound like they were never saved. They talk, the things that come out of their mouth, the jokes they make, the things they laugh at, and the words that swear words that come out of their mouth show nothing of a changed life. So I don't care what church you go to. You're either completely unsanctified, you're not living, you're still immature, and you're not letting yourself be sanctified, or you're not saved. And that's the problem. We need men with integrity whose lives look like the life of a man who's truly born again. So hypocrisy, not, uh, not duality, but we're talking about integrity. Uh, a little story of a pastor who was taking a ride on a train. He was given two max, two back given back too much money for his ticket. So basically he says to himself, praise the Lord, he's met my needs. And then he asks himself, could my gain be his job? Well, he went to the man and said, you gave me too much. And the man said, I know I did. I was in your church last week and you were teaching on honesty. Wow. Integrity is a determination of the heart. 
Integrity is the unwavering determination in the heart to do right no matter what. When my friends stand with me, I must do right. When my friends attack me, I must still do right. When my friends turn on me, despise me, make fun of me, and put me down, I must still maintain integrity. If my wife and children stand with me, I must do right. If my wife and children don't stand with me, I must do right. When it's easy, I must do right. When there's no cost, I must do right. When it's hard, I must do right. When the cost seems too high, I must do right. When people don't like it, I must do right. When people do like it, I must do right. Men of God are needed. Men of God with integrity are needed. And if there's anything that's needed in young and older men in the church, it is this kind of integrity. You know that you must do right. Men simply need to have the resolve in their hearts and their souls to say, I will do right. I may not feel like it. I may not get any support or encouragement, but I've got to have integrity and I won't let it go. I've got to do what is right. So integrity means that you don't hold or profess you're a Christian, but in your job, you do a bad product, you're rebellious against your boss, you gossip, you act unethically, and you lie. That's all hypocrisy. That's not being a man of integrity. A man of integrity tells the truth. A man of integrity acts with ethic, acts ethically. A man of integrity is not a gossip or a slanderer, period. He tells the truth when he's under oath. He tells the truth when he's not under oath. Proverbs 10.7 says, The memory of the righteous is blessed. Integrity, guys, is what you are. Reputation is what people think you are. But integrity is what you are. And you cannot be truly successful in life when you are disrespected by the living because you have no integrity. We're talking about being truly successful the Bible way. And let me tell you, the one thing that will carry on behind your life here on earth will be the memory of your integrity, the way you acted, the way that you did what you said and you always did right. So let me ask you, let me ask you some of these questions. What would you do if you knew that nobody would ever find out? What would you do if you knew that you would never be caught? What would you do? Which is stronger in your heart right now, greed or integrity? Would you steal if you knew no one would ever find it out? Which is stronger in your heart, lust or integrity? What would you look at if you knew no one would ever find out? Where would you go if you knew that no one would ever find out? What would you do if you knew that no one would ever find out? Yet integrity says, I can't do this because I can't live with myself if I do. That is integrity in the heart. That is integrity in the heart. And we can see a couple examples of integrity. When we look at uh, Matthew 17, 24, and it has to do with Jesus, and then we'll look at one with Paul. But in Matthew 7, 24, we're going to look at the smallest miracle in the New Testament. So in verse 17, Peter's asked if Jesus pays the temple tax. So the smallest act of obedience in the Old Testament was paying a shekeled tax, which at this point had dropped down to a two drachma tax. Every Jew according to the book of Exodus, had to divvy up for the upkeep of the temple. So they came to Peter with the desire to poke holes in Jesus' life with his integrity. 
And what they did, or should I say what the world did, was look at the smallest jot and tittle of his life, and the world will still do that today. So they came to Peter and asked, does your master do this smallest act of moral compliance? Again, they're looking for a tear in his garment. Verse 24, when they came to Capernaum, the, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the tax? In verse 25, Peter said, yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? In other words, does Prince Charles have to pay the tax on Buckingham Palace? No, because he's not a citizen, he's a son. Does Jesus have to pay the tax on the temple? No, because it's his house. And then in verse 26, and when he said from others, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Jesus, Peter, and all the saints of that time did not have to pay the temple tax. Verse 27, this is key here. Listen to this. It says, however, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up and when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. So that phrase, however, not to give offense to them. Or in other words, he's saying, lest we cause a division, a scandal, or lest we harm our integrity, lest we appear preaching one thing and doing another. So in this case, it does matter what people think. And when you open its mouth, Jesus said, you will find a shekel. So in the Greek... Uh, that shekel was the exact temple tax for two people, Peter and Jesus. So we see that Jesus was not only concerned about his integrity, but the integrity of his people. And he wanted to show that God Almighty is concerned about the integrity of his people, even in the smallest things. It matters that people don't see duality in our lives. It matters that people don't see hypocrisy in our lives as men of God. So let's look at another one real quick in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Here we see the Apostle Paul. So Paul's on one of his journeys to the Gentile Christians, and he's collecting money to take back to the poor among the Christians in Jerusalem. So there's a lot of Christians in Jerusalem. They had lost their jobs because they've been excommunicated and they had no money. So Paul's going to take up some collections for them. So Paul to the Romans, the Philippians, and the Thessalonians, he would take up a collection for all these Jewish Christians. Then we look at 2 Corinthians 8, 16. It says, Paul saying, but thanks be to God who put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care I have for you. So now we read that Titus was with Paul as he collected the money. Verse 17 tells us that Titus was sent with Paul. Verse 18 then tells us that there was another man with them who was unnamed. With him, it's, it says, quote, with him, we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. So, the point here is we have three people dealing with, caring, and handling the money for the Jerusalem church as they travel. Well, why is this important? What does it say to us about integrity? Well, verse 20 says this. We take, this is Paul, we take this course so that no one should blame us about this generous gift that is being administered by us. The New American Standard Version says taking precautions so that no one will discredit us in our administration of this generous gift. In other words, we take three guys, so no one should discredit us in the administration of this gracious gift. So Paul's concerned with their integrity. And it's not just having to deal with money, it's having to deal with anything 
in our life, we need to be men of God who are men of integrity. We guard our integrity. Integrity means everything. It means everything to our testimony as men of God. Paul said, we're going to go out of our way. We're going to be careful that nobody should discredit us. We need to cross every T and we need to dot every I. You know, I've realized there are non-Christian cultures that understand that everything a man is, is his integrity. And if you don't have it, it will affect you and it will affect your ability to lead and it will affect your ability to minister. Proverbs 28.1 says, the righteous are as bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no one pursues. If you don't have integrity, it will affect you, but it'll also affect those closest to you. You know, it, it's awfully difficult for a woman to respect a man who will profess Christ on Sunday, but live in an abusive way for the next six days. For that wife to have as her chief occupation, making sure that the word doesn't get out on her husband. It is awfully tough for a child to live in a home where there is hypocrisy. They will run from God if they live in a house of hypocrisy. When, when he or she, the child is told to honor God, but what they see is the exact opposite. So if a Christian man has a life of flesh at home, he'll make it very difficult on the kids. And if you don't have integrity, you're also going to affect God. How? Well, God cannot truly use a man or woman who lacks integrity. See also Samson. God cannot use you, sir. Man, God cannot use you if you're not a man who's walking in your integrity. And we have every ability to do this because when we came to Christ, he filled us with the power of the Holy Spirit. We, and, we, and then according to Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, man, the power of the Holy Spirit came, baptized us with his power and his ability to, to now be conquerors in all areas. We can be men of self-control. That's one of the fruits, which means we can now control ourselves to a place where we can be men of absolute integrity. Well, what can we do, you ask? So you're struggling with this and you're saying to yourself right now, I struggle with hypocrisy. How can a person hold on to integrity? Well, only by having it and keeping it in the heart. It's something you got to hold on to in your heart. If it's not in the heart, integrity is up for grabs. If it is not in your heart, then guess what? The mind will begin to rationalize and figure out a way to get around it. You'll start justifying your sin. If your integrity is only in your hands, somebody will be able to buy it from you. If your integrity is only in your mind, somebody will be able to talk you out of it. But if integrity is in your heart, then with God's help, you can keep it no matter what. Listen, I have seen kids ask for prayer for their fathers because they see in their father a man of God who is living without integrity. I've seen wives weep because of their husband's hypocrisy. Men who can, I've seen men who can't serve because of a lack of integrity. I've known of people walking into a church and because of seeing a certain person that they have done business with, who they see serving in the church, leave the church immediately and never come back because of the way that person did business. A lack of integrity will affect you and it will affect everybody that is around you. So what do we do? How do we make sure we're walking in integrity? Well, we do what Jesus did. Jesus said, we get our life right. 
Uh, that's some of the best life advice I can give you. You've got to get your life right. If you reconcile somebody, go to them and uh, reconcile with them. If you've hurt somebody due to your hypocrisy, you got to look at yourself. But the problem is if you don't look at yourself in the mirror and admit to yourself right now, listening to this, because this is led by the Spirit. I was told by the Holy Spirit to put this together. And if you're listening to this, you're here listening to it for a reason. And if it's challenging you to look at your life, you've got to look at yourself in the mirror and you've got to make a determination yourself that there's a change that's needed. You need to repent for your hypocrisy. You start crossing your T's. You start dotting your I's. You start taking precautions so that no one can discredit you. You guard your integrity because it's what you are. Listen, we will never be perfect. But we need to work on never letting our life have holes poked in it. Because I will tell you this, if they're going to try to find something about Jesus, then they're going to try to find something about you. You need to be someone, you're the first one at work, you're the last one at leave. You do a good product. Whatever you do, whatever you put your hands to, you do it as unto the Lord. When you're behind closed doors, you love your wife as unto the Lord. When you're behind closed doors, you love your children as unto the Lord. Everything you do is as unto the Lord. And knowing this, we do nothing in secret. God sees all things. Let God, when he looks at your life, see you. If you're someone that's been living in hypocrisy, God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins if you're willing to confess that sin of living as a man of hypocrisy. If you're willing to be honest with yourself and admit that you're in that sin and repent from your heart for it, he will be faithful and just to forgive you of that sin. But it starts with you. It starts with the determination in your heart to be a man of integrity when you're around people or when you're in your private time by yourself and there's nobody else around. You live as a man of integrity. You live as a man that just does what's right. And you do what is right all the time. No matter what anybody says about you or thinks about you, you do what is right because integrity is what you are. It's not what people think about you. It's what you are. Listen, it's been said that the reputation of a thousand years may be determined by the conduct of one hour. You can ruin your testimony in one hour. And it takes a lot to get it back. But you can get it back. If you've messed up, you can get your testimony back. Because guess what? God needs you. God wants to use you to do something great for his kingdom. I don't know what it is exactly he has for you to do, but if you're a man of God, God has a calling on your life. Whether that's full-time ministry or whether you're a businessman and that connects into some type of work for the kingdom. But everything we do is for the kingdom of God. You have a calling on your life as a man of God to do something and to have a great impact for the kingdom of God. You just simply being a man of integrity in your home will change your wife, it'll change your marriage, it'll change your kids. So determined to be a man who's going to get it right, who's going to be a man who's going to do right, who's going to be a man who lives with integrity, and then God can use you and open doors for you and use you to do things that are so fulfilling in the kingdom of God. But it starts with an honest look at ourselves and being men 
of integrity. Proverbs 20, 20 verse 7 says this, The just man walketh in his integrity, his children are blessed after him. Proverbs 11.3 says this, The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. God is looking for men of integrity. God is looking to use men of integrity. And God wants to use you. But if you're dealing with this problem of hypocrisy, confess it, repent, get it right before God now, and let God begin to use you like he wants to. Amen. Let me pray with you right now. Father, I just come before you on behalf of any man that might be listening to this here and abroad. I believe this is going to go around the world. I pray, Father God, for them right now, if they look at their life and realize that there has been duality, there's been hypocrisy in their life, they have not done, they're not doing what they say, they're doing the opposite, there's things they do that are not of God, and they know it, and they see it right now, I pray, Lord God, for these men to be honest with themselves before you, and confess that sin, repent of that sin of hypocrisy, repent of that sin of hypocrisy. And I pray, Father God, as they repent, as they, as they ask for forgiveness in Jesus' name, I thank you. They will know now that your word says that you're faithful and just to forgive them. And I thank you, God, right now as they're doing this, as they're crying out to you for forgiveness, I thank you that men's hearts are being washed. Men's hearts are being renewed. Men's minds are being renewed right now. I thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you can begin to operate in them again fully once they've got themselves to that place where their life is a life of integrity. Holy Spirit, I begin, you begin to, I pray you begin to show yourself to them and help them, give them the strength to be men of self-control who then can walk in integrity. But I pray they would not beat themselves up once they've done this, once they've confessed it, once they've repented of it, and they know they've been forgiven. I pray they'd get themselves back up. And I pray they begin to walk out their life in the power of the Holy Ghost. They begin to walk out their life in the power of the Holy Spirit, determined to do great things for the kingdom of God. Let them leave this podcast encouraged. Let them leave this podcast built up in Christ. Let them know you haven't forgot about them. You haven't casted them aside. You were just waiting for this moment right now when they would hear truth and they'd be man enough to respond to the truth. I thank you for men of God all over the world, in America, in Africa, in Pakistan, in India, wherever it goes, all over South America, all over the world who hear this, their lives will be changed and they'll begin to walk as the men of integrity that you desire for them to be. Father, I thank you for these things. And if any man's listening to this right now, and you're not born again, I pray for your soul right now. I pray that you would realize that you were lost without Christ. You were separated from God by your sins. And I pray that in knowing that truth, that you would place your trust in Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior of your life. You know you're a sinner. You need the Savior Jesus to have a right relationship with God the Father. So I ask you now just to repent of your sin. Repent of that sin. Believe in Christ who he is and what he accomplished for you on the cross and in his resurrection. And then confess from your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life. 
and that you know that he was raised from the dead. And once you've done that, once you've repented and believed and confessed and meant it from your heart, you're saved. You're a new creation in Christ. Now you can walk as a man of integrity. I pray any man here who just needs the fire back, I pray for the fire of the Holy Spirit to begin to burn in their life again. And they would do those things necessary to get that fire burning and keep that fire burning. They'd be men of prayer. They'd be men of the word. They walk in integrity, but they'd be men who get up every day and spend time in prayer, who spend time in the word of God, who set themselves afire with the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for that, for the fire to burn from this man to that man to that man to that man. I thank you for revival in the hearts of men. I thank you for revival in the hearts of men. And God, I give you the glory and the praise and the honor for all these things. In Jesus' name, and every man out there said together, amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I pray this has been a blessing to you. So our first one was true men needed and now men with integrity. So I pray this has blessed you. Go forward, live all out for Christ. And remember, Jesus still saves, Jesus still heals, Jesus still sets the captives free. Live all out for Christ. Amen. God bless you.